breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Erin, uh, uh hopefully her last day before she gets released back to back to the wild. That's enough recovery. You know? <laughs> That's more than enough. Two weeks. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Lots of thoughts and prayers. Yes. Uh, yeah, she has a, a a doctor's appointment today and uh hopefully they'll give her the release. I can't imagine them not because she's She's been playing softball and and going to Mardi Gras yeah. parades and throwing beads and <laughs> we're not digging ditches over here. <laughs> Allegedly, we have no video. These are no, just unconfirmed just reports from around the community. I'm just kidding. I know she has been going, uh, doing some light stuff like at the Y and going to the movies and things like that. So flying balloons over Utah, I just uh... <laughs> or kites. You know, speaking of Utah. There's a, there's a story on killnews.com, and, and Ruben talked about this in the news, about these super pigs. And this sounds almost, it, it sounds on the surface almost comical. But it's actually, it, it, this can be a very serious issue. Super pigs. These hogs. Um, anybody that, that, that has any, any land knows that wild feral hogs can cause a lot of damage. We have them in this area. I see them every now and then. I travel a lot, and I will go down to Baton Rouge a lot, and I'll be in the mornings, and I will see them, especially when I get down below Caddo and DeSoto. You will see them in that grassy area between the road. We often see deer as well, but Mm -hmm. I have seen packs of feral hogs. Well, apparently in Canada uh, sometime back, their their port market just kind of crashed. Uh, you know, nobody was buying bacon, uh, and and so well, Canadian bacon, <laughs> which is ham, isn't it? Just ham? I don't know. Why do they say Canadian bacon? Bacon's bacon. Let's not mess with bacon. It's the American condiment, bacon. Oh, bacon. Anyway, uh, I, now that's like Ron Swanson. You made a comment earlier, Ruben. About yeah, Ron, yeah, that's Ron Swanson <laughs> bacon wrapped shrimp. My second favorite food wrapped around my third favorite food. There was an old Jay Little line: "America, what a country where bacon and cheesecake are condiments." <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, back in the early two thousands, uh, Canada's pork market began to drop, and many hogs were simply released because people weren't buying, you know, pork. PETA was probably happy with that. Well, it, let the hogs go. It, well, they did. They went hog wild. The population exploded. Ah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. But now, the, now a, a lot of these hogs are moving south. They're moving into the contiguous forty-eight, and because there's no buffalo roaming wild to stop them anymore. Well, there's uh, apparently not much that does. And, and they would have very. I mean, and, and we joke, natural predator. But a pack of feral hogs would have very little natural predator. You take anything out of its normal environment. Put it somewhere else. That's why we have nutria rats in Louisiana. Nothing stopped them from growing. Nothing ate them. Right. 
And so these hogs are, are now moving south. And, uh, of course, there's no fence along Canada, uh, Canada and the U.S. We Canada, haven't built a wall up there yet? There's no wall, so uh, they're, they're free to roam. I remember uh, when my mom lived in California, she lived kind of up in the mountains, um, and, and there was real issues of, of feral hogs coming through. And they do lots of damage. They I do. Mean, they seriously they do, do a lot, lot of, damage. of damage. Deer and some other things that coexist with farmers. I mean, they come in and get some things, but hogs will destroy things. Well, and, and even take down deer. I mean, they, they just, they literally leave it. It's almost the, the clear path. And they grow to be, some grow to be 300 pounds. That's it. And that's, that's the biggest problem here in the sportsman's paradise is they will clear out a deer lease very quick. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very quick. And, and farmers, make it useless. And farmers know that they can destroy a crop. Oh, God. So this is kind of a, a, a serious, you know, a serious issue that we could be facing. Uh, Gary Gary wrote the uh, wrote the article. He says, I, I, I hate to declare the sky is falling, but uh, there is going to have to be something done. I mean, you know, an extended hog. Is there a hog season? I, I'm I, not really a hunter. I think if you I'm pretty sure I'm not a hunter. This is a, definitely a Gary question, but I'm pretty sure they're a pestilence and you can shoot them on site any right. whole time. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Now, here's another stupid question, and, and um, somebody can let us know on the. Uh, but great radio, stupid system. questions make great radio. <laughs> yeah, That's well, true. here you go. Do you eat wild hog? You can. They're, I've heard both things. I've heard you know you don't want to eat them. They're. I mean, they don't. Rough. They don't taste that great. It's not you, like it's not like the bacon you get in yeah, yeah, Kroger. No, you have, you have to really cook the snot out of it. You know, to make okay. sure you're not getting any parasites or anything. But, but I think you, you can. You market it as free range hog. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> that, that's a, uh, California will be all the rage if it's free range hog. No, I, I love chicken. And my son in Hawaii, there's wild chickens all over the place. Oh, wow. And he says, but you don't eat them. Because right. what you just said, they're they're loaded with parasites. Parasites. And and stuff, you can't, yeah. yeah, you can't eat them. I thought, wow. So... Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, could be a hog, <laughs> hog wild. We sh we could have a, a hog situation it's here. A, it's an invasion. <laughs> and that, like I say, no natural predators. What do you do other other than just take a thirty thirty out into the woods and get rid of as many as you can? It's about to be open season on super pigs. Man, <laughs> you can read more about that on our website, keelnews.com. Scott Hughes in studio, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Scott Hughes in studio with us on this middle of the week Wednesday. Uh we're on what is today? Today's the twenty second, February twenty second. February twenty second, hump day for this week. So one basically another week left in this month. In February twenty eight days 28. in February. So this one's the pure one. So we are we we we're talking during the break. We're on on number twelve as far as our there, there was homicide. another homicide yesterday um, evening. Yesterday evening, I believe, up in the MLK area, um, Miller Road, I think, and that makes twelve according to most counts. So twelve on February 
22nd. And so 12 homicides, we're going to do math on the radio, it's early. 12 homicides divided by seven weeks is 1.71 homicides a week. We're averaging more than one and a half homicides a week. So 1.7 times 52 is 1.75 times 52 is 91. That's the record. Okay. So we are we are on record pace. Yeah, sadly, last year, very la- sadly, very sadly, and last year we we closed out 2022 with 52. That'd be one. That's easy math on the radio. Yeah, right. I can do that one. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're smarter than I am. 52, uh, but. So basically averaging one a week now, we're averaging one and a half, 1.7. 1.7. So not a, not a good trend for 2023. No, and, and, and as we've talked before, I think Rubens mentioned this as well. He tracks these stats very closely. This is not the time of the year you normally see this. You normally see it accelerate into the hotter months in the summer. Um, and then Rubens talked about this before. We're also seeing the trend. These are older people. I mean, we had a, we had a young person killed at the parade. Um, right. You know, but most of the deaths now are older. Correct, Ruben? Yeah. For, uh, for this year, it's very very strange. Uh, from what I've noticed, that uh, you know, a lot of times when you hear about a shooting, the victims normally nineteen, twenty years old. This year, uh, most of them that I've seen and noticed have been well into their 30s, and I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what's going on, but that's uh, that's definitely not normal for this area. And this includes, like, the situation, negligent homicide, obviously. Right. Which It's not a, a, a crime in anger or... But it's still it's a killing of a human being. It's so right. a homicide. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a disturbing trend. We'll have to, we'll have to, uh, again, this is one of those situations where, okay, well, here's the problem. I, I, I'd like to be able to offer a solution when you bring up a problem, but that's the $64,000 question. Well, yeah. and then the second part of this, this conversation, this discussion from a policy level is we're only talking the homicides. Because if we step back, I believe the shooting last night up in the MLK area, another person was shot and didn't die. There were two in that one. Uh, so yeah, well, one one woman was injured. A 70-year-old woman was injured, and uh, the, they've released the guy's name, Roy Delane Crew Jr., who was 38 years old. He died. And then we go back the to the parade. We're, we're kind of aware now of the death that took place at the parade. Still mm-hmm. some odd circumstances around that, that, that shooting and death. But there was another shooting where someone did not die. Yes. Um, and so there's still a lot of there's a lot more gunfire going on where people just start dying. Well, well, uh, well, we'll have to we'll have to look into talk to somebody about the the numbers and and again you you say what can be done? It's not a gun control issue. This is it's not a legal issue because you've got to change you've got to change thinking. You've got to change thinking on a on a basic level. We we talked a little bit yesterday, uh, when you know when we were teenagers, you got in a fight, you got in a fight. It never crossed your mind to to try to use lethal force against somebody. That's so. What what changed? What changed from from that time to this time, where the, the immediate thought is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill him. I don't have an answer. I try to be the the simple guy over here. I'm just going to say values and hope. Well, sure. We, we, we've lost them along the way. A lot of people have lost the value of life. We just don't view life as a human life. Um, and then hope. 
a lot of people don't see a future. They don't see a better path, and they, they take bad options. Scott Hughes in for Aaron McCarty, 1017 FM. One seven FM seven ten Keel Micah McCarty Aaron out uh, Scott Hughes graciously agreeing to step in guest hosting this morning. Um, Ruben, you have a story. What what is this about cell phone thieves? This is an organized. So from, from and is this here in Shreveport in, in Tangipahoa Parish is where they've made a bunch of arrests. Uh, it's very very weird. Uh, so apparently a bunch of I guess a, a lot a lot of them. Are Cuban that the people have been arrested um, apparently they all came down a bunch of people came down for Mardi Gras here in Louisiana just to pickpocket cell phones they, they've rented an Airbnb house right in tangible Parish yeah but they're really working the Mardi Gras parade routes and this yeah. is just where they go back so don't think it this is Metro New Orleans yes yeah yeah uh, yeah they're headed yeah they're heading into places like New Orleans the bigger cities uh, and stealing cell phones apparently um one arrest led to 40 phones being recovered and then after a little more investigating and seven more people arrested they've seized over a hundred more phones they were like in a box ready to be shipped somewhere so like my phone's locked well and and i can why and i can i can you know from a remote like from my computer i can disable it and basically turn it into a brick so i guess they can take it and then what i i'm programming my my guess is they refurbish and reprogram them and resell them that that would be my guess i have no clue but uh, if that's the only thing that makes sense just in my factory head. reset yeah, them just completely and then factory it's like reset a new them. phone and you redo it but if you report it stolen, won't Apple? They'll they'll track it. Like well, mind you, you have a, a Samsung, right? But but if it's, I mean, if they ship it to another country, how effective would that be? They take the SIM card out, right? And the re- factory set it. It's just a new computer sitting there, right? The reason most of us worry about the unlock is we don't want to lose our data. Yes, right, right. And and the environment. I mean, you've seen the pictures. Of course, today is today's Ash Wednesday, but like yesterday would have been a prime day because particularly with women that carry those in the back pocket and the ability is to bump and rub as they say with pickpockets right. you know you're you're already shoulder to shoulder and mm-hmm. so you wouldn't even know it's gone right. and you have no idea who took it i've seen men put their phones in their back pockets i don't i don't understand that don't women put, high school girls do that a lot i don't put you. anything in my back i don't even put my wallet in my back pocket but i mean i sit down and it's like well i just crushed a phone right <laughs> i don't i don't understand how maybe, maybe guys that's do that maybe that's just a worry for us bigger guys <laughs> yeah I, I like how you keep yours in your purse that's nice <laughs> yeah your man purse uh-huh I, for those on the radio can't see it i'm, I'm joking of course <laughs> I'm joking. thank you you actually have a man leather bag it's really a cool leather bag that's that's a brief case yeah yes. that's that is a nice those are very nice saddleback leather by the way i touched it one time and you got upset so get <laughs> <laughs> my back down did not <laughs> scott hughes in for aaron mccarty mike and mccarty
101.7 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty, Scott Hughes in studio. And uh, we were talking about the these um, phone thieves. It's obviously an organized situation. Um, but we got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board because, like, you know, my, my phone's locked. And I, I know I can go on the computer if it's if it's missing or I can I can delete all the data and, you know, basically render the phone useless for all practical purposes. But um, when the message says if it's an iPhone and the find my feature is activated, the phone is still activation locked and not usable even after plugging it up to a computer and restoring it unless you know the Apple ID and password. It says it's designed that way to prevent folks from factory restoring lost and stolen phones and then being able to make use of them. That's what I thought. But apparently, I don't know, maybe these guys know what they're doing. Maybe. Nobody said crooks are smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These guys work. Some of these, some of these guys work harder at not working than if they just got a freaking it, job it's a little ridiculous it, it'd be like stealing an electric car and then heading west where there's no recharger sooner or later you're just gonna run out and we're gonna catch you you got no gas it's you like know, every guys, now things just happen these guys that stand on the street corners and or, or under underpasses locally and it's you know it's 106 degrees and you're standing out there all day if you can stand on your feet all day in the heat you're physically able. Now, I know there's mental issues all for a lot, a lot of times, but get a job. They have a job. They're an independent contractor. Yeah. <laughs> They're not paying taxes. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's a, a, a new, I say a new festival. One of the things I love about Shreveport, uh, one of my favorite, you know, we talked about uh, the... Um, Scottish Tartan Festival. Yeah, in Minden. It, that uh, takes place in Minden every spring. And the uh, the farm that it's been used for years, well, for over 20 years. Long time. As a matter of fact, uh, the owner of the farm, is, is his health is declining, so he's just not able to do it. So right. they moved it to um, uh, downtown Minden. Um, so... We we love that. Just this area is just rife with festivals. They shouldn't say they moved it to downtown Minden. They should they should say they moved it to the Highlands. Oh. <laughs> well, it's it the higher land in the area, the downtown area. Uh, but yeah. this guy's, above the lake and the road. Right. <laughs> but but Cameron Farms outside of Minden does it have rolling, rolling hills. hills. Yes. And uh, it's really cool. He had those shipped in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and with, the, with the Highland cattle. Right. Uh, but Patty in the Plaza is coming up. And uh, we've got Liz Swain. When you say downtown. cows and then jump to Patty in the Plaza. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's a transition we're going to work on, Mike. That's good. Uh, that's that was, good. It's two different festivals. They're not related at all. <laughs> Those, yeah, no, the Highland cattle aren't bringing their patties to the plaza. To the plaza, no. In, uh, in downtown Shreveport. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. That's an Irish festival. That's an Irish festival, and it's P-A-D-D-Y, Paddy, yes. uh, in the plaza. It's actually sponsored by Mudbug Madness. Very and, nice. And Those guys throw a good party. Yeah, they do. <laughs> love, love the bugs. How, you, how you've won that contest several times. I did, I, not several times. I did. I won this past year. 
the, so the you're celebrity champion. The celebrity crawfish eating. This shows you how how deep in the barrel they're digging for celebrities. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this. That's coming up in in March. Uh, and Nate Pargatze. Lots of things going on so in Shreveport. So many things. Yeah. Nate Pargatze is going to be at the crawfish eating contest. No, but he's coming oh, to boy. town Friday night. <laughs> That'd be a celebrity. <laughs> you know who he is? I, through you. Oh, okay. We, we love him. Uh, Liz Swain coming in after the news at the top of the hour. Mike and McCarty, 1017F. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Micah McCarty with Scott Hughes. <clears throat> earlier, earlier uh, this morning, if you missed it, we were talking about the feral hogs situation. Apparently, uh, there's a there's a story. Not apparently, but there is a story on KeelNews.com about a new breed of like super hog that's moving its way down from Canada. We're being invaded by Canada. Being <laughs> those hogs in Canada. We should build a wall, stop the hogs. And 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 we're laughing, but you know, if you're a farmer or, you know, somebody with with land, uh hogs cause billions of dollars in damage. Particularly the agriculture and uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, they, it's they devastating. Can, Take down a, an adult deer, so I mean they they feed on just about everything. Yeah, I think earlier we we kind of failed to mention how dangerous they are to people. Oh, as absolutely! Well. They will they will run and attack you. They'll run right at you. They're mean. And, and the other thing beyond deer is they also they they they, they multiply rapidly. I mean they are they're, obvious. They're feedstock, yes. and so they're designed like rabbits and squirrels. They're designed just to multiply exponentially if left unchecked. Well, in Canada, back in uh, 2000 or so, the uh, the pork market just kind of dried up. So they had all these hogs that they can't that they just turned loose. Let, let them go out in the woods. Well, they've like you just said, they've reproduced, and uh, it's it's become critical. And they're moving their way south, and so it it's become a major issue. And and not being a hunter. Um, I was like, well, can you, you know, is there a season for for hogs? Like, you know, deer season, squirrel season, that type of thing. There's a season for bacon, 24 hours a day. Absolutely, <clears throat> 12 months out of the year. But, but but it's not really good bacon. Ruben was telling us it's not really the. Thing well, and that was my other question: Can you eat feral hogs? Yeah, we got a message, didn't we? <clears throat> and uh, K, uh, KP from Keithville said, hog season is year round. Um, it's best to eat young pigs, way more tender than the older ones. Yeah, you, you could tell by looking. <laughs> the, the, the older ones, they're they're pretty tough. My my cousin, the, they live out between Minden and Homer, out, out in the country, and the big hunters. And some of the game, you've got to treat, you got to soak it. I think like in vinegar or something for yeah, a you while. Yeah, you got to brine it to cut the gaminess down. Yeah. yeah. And and we didn't one time. He he gave us some. <laughs> boy, that stunk the house up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. No, we, we got to do what he says. And they're dangerous. I remember probably three or four years ago, there was a big three hundred pound hog off of Southern Loop out by Southern Trace that wandered up in the road, and somebody hit it at nighttime. And these things are huge. It's kind of mm -hmm. like you, you hit a deer, you know. But a hog, if it gets under your car, it could actually flip a car. Oh yeah. Because uh, mm -hmm. they are huge. Yeah. And solid. 
And if, if you'd like to read more about that, you can uh, read that on our website, keelnews.com. Uh, Liz Swain going to be joining us just after the local news, talking about events going on in Shreveport, downtown Shreveport. Coming up next, Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty, Aaron out. Uh, hopefully for the final day. Uh, she'll have a doctor's appointment this afternoon or sometime today, and hopefully he'll release her. I wonder if she's going to tell him that she's been going to the to the Y and yeah. to the movies <laughs> and doing stuff. She had shoulder surgery, and uh, hopefully she will be back tomorrow. Scott Hughes in studio uh, with me today. And uh, in studio also is Liz Swain, the uh, Downtown Development Authority Director, Grand Pooh Bah. <laughs> What the head the head cheese cheese? <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of cheese. <laughs> I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> we uh, lots going on. Spring just around the corner. Not officially oh, spring yet. Feels but, like it. It feels like summer almost. Yeah, it does. Um, but uh, tell us what's going on in downtown Shreveport. Uh, how many hours do you have? Although I do hate to break into the whole feral hog discussion. You know, Liz, I'm we've so been doing sorry. feral hogs and cell phones. We have all morning. You're, you're a breath <laughs> the fresh air it always have been for the market well we've got patty in the plaza coming up oh well st patrick's day we got a a tremendous number of events uh downtown art walk is going to start again in april that's one of our favorite events and we're moving it by the way it's going to be first wednesdays from five until eight by popular demand and we're starting it it'll be a monthly thing again you know we tried um i think four times last year and people said we we can't remember it if it's you know odd months and so we're doing it every month starting in april but let's talk about one-way streets in downtown shreveport shall we there's a few of those aren't there there are a bunch of them when you think about the streets you come in on obviously the state roads are spring and market and they're one way mm-hmm. um but when North you go south. into downtown shreveport there are a variety of one-way streets as a matter of fact Texas is two-way, and there aren't a whole lot of other streets downtown that are two-way streets. And it confuses the blazes out of people, especially those who don't come downtown very often. They, People have told me they avoid downtown because they're scared of the one-way streets. When you're sitting on the corner at Rhino Coffee, you will actually see people going the wrong way down Louisiana. When you sit uh, on Marshall Street, you'll see people going the wrong way on Marshall Street. If you recall, our last mayor actually um, was caught at one point going the wrong way down Crockett Street. It's really easy to do. It's, it's, it's very easy confusing, to do. especially at some. And there are some streets, if I remember, there's one or two where it's actually a two-way street that turns into a one-way street. It turns into a one-way street. <laughs> it's the intersection. It which, sounds which like which makes it more fun. It, it sounds does. like this is something you want to do something about. You, bingo, bingo. Well, we've been talking off and on about this for a number of years. I remember first bringing it up when Brian Crawford was the CAO um, under Ollie Tyler, and maybe even before that. Um, what if we made downtown easier to get around? Isn't now, that are a concept? There, uh, like the cross streets, Marshall and, and Travis, 
that are one way are are there two lanes? I mean, because I, I, I I'm, have, I'm thinking yes. about them. Most of the one way streets are two lanes. There are that's two lanes. Of, that's part of the confusion. If you're not aware yeah. that it's a, a one way yeah. street, you yeah. think I yeah. can turn left and go the other way. So way back in the day, they were two way streets, and then and they had street cars at one point, right? Yeah. And then they became one way streets, and so so what was the point of making them one way streets? That's a really good question, and I don't know why that was. It may have had something to do with the street cars because you know they traveled down the center of the street. They were pretty wide, and so it's possible that they needed to make those one way streets because of the the trolleys and the street cars. I think it was part of getting everyone out of downtown. Let's just make all the roads leave downtown one way, and everybody moves to suburbs. But mm-hmm. well, this I, is as, as we as we bring people back, and mm-hmm. I think you're talking about a traffic calming. You're talking about yeah. a different pattern that makes downtown more friendly. Is that it right? makes it friendlier to drivers? It also helps businesses. Let's talk sure. about a business you're trying to get to that's on a one way street, and to get to that business, you have to go four Three blocks right, to a left. To, right. right out of your way to get to it. To so get people back will give exactly. up. You know, if if you if you don't make it easy to get somewhere, or if you don't make it easy to park around that place, if you're having to hunt and peck and, you know, figure out the streets and then you're already a little bit intimidated by the whole thing, you're going to avoid it. And that's not what we want. So we're talking to the administration right now about the possibility of making some changes. This would come over time. There's going to have to be a big educational campaign, right? Because everybody's, everybody who is familiar with the streets knows them now. So we're going to have to reintroduce all of this, talk to people, find out the pros and cons. But there uh, yeah, seemingly but it would be are a much, lot more pros than cons. It would be a much easier transition to go from one ways to two ways because people are already driving the wrong way. street, <laughs> going the wrong, the wrong way. way. <laughs> So it seems like that would it, it wouldn't take long to make that transition. Yeah, the, the two lanes. You have to be very careful because people yeah. are used to being in both lanes. And that's and right. The, the equivalent I get for years. I used to take my daughter out to a daycare in the, the the south part of town, and I still remember when they put the stoplight up, the stop sign up on Southern Loop. We had been going through that intersection. People are just blasted through it for oh, years, boom. and now there's a stop sign. I, I know. There's a few yeah. of those around town, but yes, it would yeah. definitely take some. Um, but but again, it should be a quick learning curve. We we are hopeful, and you know. We're talking about that now. No timeline for anything like this, but it's something that's on the table. And I'm just so proud that, you know, we've got this new administration. And to their credit, um, just because things have always been done a certain way, has not locked them at, into continuing to do a thing that way. What would the process be for that, Liz? Would that, actually, would that, that be a city council decision? Question. Is that a traffic study? What would they have to do? That's a very good question. Um, I had approached this with the former traffic engineer and, you know, had talked to him about it. And I think that it's just a matter of the city making the decision, publicizing the decision. I think it's an internal decision that would be made. I don't think right now they have to talk to the city council or get approval for, you know, changing um, a street orientation or something like that. But but we will and get all those questions answered, obviously. It's just a conversation right now. Well, but I, I think it's a good first time hearing thing. about this. Yeah. This is exciting. It is. I, 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 I think like it's that. a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Liz Swain with the Downtown Development Authority is in studio with us. You can hang for another segment, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. She's got a big <laughs> cup of coffee. Liz I've got a very large cup. Mike <laughs> and, and McCarty cheese. with Scott.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty, Scott Hughes in for Aaron. Hopefully be back tomorrow. Liz Swain from the Downtown Development Authority is uh, in studio with us this morning. Um, and Liz, we were talking uh, last segment about basically taking out a lot of these one-way streets in downtown Shreveport. I love this idea. Well, it is definitely worth the worth the discussion and worth thinking about. I think it helps businesses get people to businesses, helps them get to office buildings, makes uh, downtown less, uh, you know, scary to people who aren't familiar with it. And so it's just one of the things that we're talking about. But have you guys been talking at all about uh, the mayor's transition teams? Is that a conversation that you've had with anybody? Well, you know about we actually the, talked with the mayor last week. That's awesome. Did he talk to you about the transition we had the mayor teams? And no, unfortunately, when the mayor's coming in these days, we've had some other things. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, uh, yeah. I, There's did, so much I to did ask him about. about if there are mm-hmm. permanent positions being, you know, that have been decided. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, nothing, obviously, nothing he could announce yet. Sure, sure. But, yeah, he's, he's got he a lot on his plate right down. now. But yes. do you have news on the transition team? So, there, you know, when the mayor came into office, one of the things that he did initially was put together a group of uh, groups of citizens mm-hmm. in his transition teams. Well, and five I th- or six. If there I are five or six, right. There was a blight team that's led by LeVette Fuller. There's an economic development team. There's a community team. And then there are a couple of others. I've had the opportunity to meet with three of those teams, those three, the economic development, the community, and the Blight team um, as part of the Downtown Development Authority. And I have been amazed at the interest, the great questions, the uh, the desire to make things better by members of these teams. There was some real cross-section of the oh, community. Oh, yeah. It is a, there are a lot of community members who make up these teams. They are uh, kind of a combination of some elected officials, not too terribly many. Some people we've never seen before right. in the blood. A lot of business people, a lot mm-hmm. of just community um oriented folks and they are asking really good questions and a lot of the questions that they are asking uh, are along the lines of why why do we do things this way and i think those are great questions to ask again just because we've always done something one way doesn't mean that that's the way we should do it going forward my understanding is that they have a deadline all of these teams are going to put together their findings they're going to present it to the mayor the mayor's going to take a look at it obviously they're serving at the mayor's pleasure and the mayor will then decide what to do with that information that he's given you know will he pass it uh will he try to make it some into ordinance will he uh try to make some into city policy will you know so that's a decision that's up to him but i'm very interested to see what these teams come up with so sort of strategic goals a roadmap maybe of where we could head with two lanes downtown well and yeah (laughs) i don't think that we're going to talk too much with transition about the the one way to two way but for the for example blight you know, that's something that we talk about as citizens of Shreveport a lot. And he's already acting. Of the community. I think he, he signed some contracts for some demolition. He did, for some demolition of some really unfortunate homes that have just been allowed to and fall into And most of those, well, I was glad to see, were old, like you say, homes. Yes. And not They were not buildings, buildings. No, no. Downtown. No, no, no. You know, our friends at Twin Blends Photography yes. that ha- in, in History Hunters. Yes have some beautiful projects that they work on in in these buildings downtown that to me is a crime aren't there anymore i agree i agree Uh, i will tell you that whenever someone anyone tries to pull a demolition permit for a building downtown it gets put on an automatic 180 day hold automatic so you can't go pull a permit and then destroy a building in the middle of the night 
So speaking of mm-hmm. the, the 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 old Humphreys that mm-hmm. that burned, yep. that's now a well, not even a brick wall anymore. No, it's just a, a vacant lot. Has the owner committed to redoing? I know he at at one point said he was going to rebuild and it was going to be a residential. Is is there any news on that? I have not been contacted uh, by the owner. I believe that there is some still some discussion taking place about doing something with that now lot. I don't know how much they were depending on historic tax credits. Obviously, those tax credits are gone because the building is gone. So uh, my answer to you is I do not know, but yeah. it's a very unfortunate thing. And those are the types of things that we don't want to have happen. And, uh, you know, buildings that fall into disrepair, quite honestly, should not be allowed to fall into disrepair. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's an absolute crime upon our community that we allow beautiful buildings to collapse because there is no one who is paying attention to them. And, and when that, they build, the, when they build new buildings, they don't have the character. These buildings that were built in the tens and twenties and thirties—that is part of our history. It's part of our story. You are absolutely right. The brick that went into those buildings—you can't find that anymore. The the quarries that uh, that the the marble and the things the stone came from they don't exist anymore you know people back in the day you didn't bring in a a load of brick from home depot that's not where you got your brick you made your brick on the site all of that brick was Mm -hmm. made from red river mud you know you don't find buildings that are made like that anymore and these buildings have lived for over 100 years in many cases some 120 some 30 some 140 years old and they have managed to survive all we need to do is make sure that the roofs don't leak and the windows don't leak, and we can keep a building for many years. And that's the biggest challenge. I think that's where you were headed with the 180-day moratorium. Right. You know, I, I do the Realtor Association. I have many of my people who are willing to buy some of these homes Absolutely. and refurbish them, but the homeowners won't sell. They won't, won't sell allow you to have that process. Right. And you've had the same problem the downtown buildings. People will let them rot away before they will let someone come in and save them. I have. And, and also, the city of Shreveport has very few uh, tools in their toolbox, and we can talk about that later. Yeah, can you hold on I a can. second? Okay, I can. Liz Swain from the Downtown Development Authority. In with Mike and McCarty, along with Scott Hughes, 1017 FM. Hey. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty with Scott Hughes in for airing today. Liz Swain in studio with us. And uh Liz, I, I love this and we're gonna have to talk about this in the next segment some more. Uh changing streets in downtown Shreveport from one way. You're just all hung up on that. We'll I talk am. about that, but we're gonna talk about some other things but too. But I want to talk about traffic Saving circles. buildings and festivals and activities. Oh, just so much. You've and donuts and circles. donuts. Oh donuts. Donuts. We're talking donuts. <laughs> we're we've moved from cheese to donuts. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, the new business downtown. I love these food trucks are, are, yeah. are opening brick-and-mortar locations. I, don't you love it? That's exactly how it was supposed to be, right? There you, you get go. them started, and then you, you make them wealthy. More coming up next. Stay, stay close. 1017 F. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Also the free Keel app. Download from Office Furniture Source. You can take us with you wherever you go and listen live. 
to Liz Swain, who's in studio with us. Um, art, you said the Art Walk is moving to Wednesdays. What else do we have going on in downtown Shreveport? Have you heard about Shreve Station? Do you remember the lot? The lot, oh, yes. uh, which is yes. the old Sportran bus facility at 400 Crockett. That is such a cool place. You know, when it was built, people were like, I don't know. This is too modern. This giant tent in downtown, we are not sure about it. And then it won all these architectural digest awards for their elegance. And now people love it. It's a, it's a real landmark, very iconic in downtown. And so several years ago, it became a facility called the lot. The gentleman who started it wanted to show that it could be a great outdoor live music and event space, food trucks, food tr things yeah. like that, plant yeah. swap coming up April 15th, by the way. And he got a job, had to move out of town for the job, and uh, just couldn't maintain it anymore. We have new management, new owners of the bu the business, which is now called Shreve Station. They are blowing and going. We have live music coming up on um, so many weekends pretty big names are coming if you check their facebook page you'll be able to see you know who all is going to be there a lot of events happening in downtown uh you know spring really is the season for things to happen festivals will start gearing up we went down during uh when it was still the lot yeah and uh food trucks and there were live music and it's a lot of it it, oh, it was a lot a lot a of fun, fun. A lot. <laughs> and there's, a, there's a new venue downtown up past um art 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 station there there's a new out outdoor concert venues it's a caddo common park yeah. so caddo common they've got uh, that's Texas. the park that's right there around crockett um it's bounded by texas avenue mm -hmm. crockett and cotton and it's got a new pavilion and the shreveport regional arts council is going to be programming that pavilion 30 weekends this year 30 that's a lot of weekends that's a, lot. That's a, that's a neat space too <clears throat> so there'll be um shakespeare in the park there'll be live music there'll be artist events and we're very excited to see that list when it comes out those are the, the big stuff downtown you're gonna have mud bug the, all the, that all that. of that the revel all of that we've got uh, you know the revel was just blowing and going last year um new executive director is uh, very dynamic very excited to have him with us the um the uh, the the new park the things that are happening downtown these all a tribute to quality of life yeah that, absolutely that shreveport we're mm -hmm. so fortunate to we are. have we are you know we do like to focus on the negative and i'm not going to say that we don't have bad things that happen but i'm not a pollyanna and i will tell you that we have far more good than bad far the, more good than bad even like cc uh, cc electric CNC Mercantile CNC and Mercantile. Mining. They have a big event twice a year. It's a mercantile market. They yes, they're planning that, that already in April. It's coming up. We've got bourbon and barbecue that's coming up uh, April 20th or 22nd uh, in the Red River District. So, you know, if you if you look at what's going on, you you you're proud. You're really proud to see the development, the changes, the opportunities that that we're that we're experiencing in and downtown. Donuts. You said and donuts. donuts. Let's brother. not forget donuts. Let's never forget donuts. So we've got this building in downtown Shreveport. People will remember it as D's Photos. Yeah, right back in the, in the corner, day. Yeah. Historic building. A historic building and such a great location. I mean, right in the middle of everything on Texas Street and Market, 421 Market. And this uh, young couple got their start with donuts at the Shreveport Farmer's Market. And do you know that they don't come from a history of a baking family, right? They had moved from Toronto to Shreveport during COVID because some family are here. And they learned how to make donuts on YouTube. 
and through t- trial and error. I am not lying to <laughs> that you. That is so amazing. I am not lying to you. So they go to Cohab, which has a commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. Kitchen. That's the the little business down in the Red River District. They use their commercial kitchen. They trial and error their sourdough donut concept. Oh my gosh! And they that come up so with good. all these wonderful flavors. And they go to the farmers market. And the first farmers market of the year that they started, I went to the farmers market, and there is a line across the pavilion. That that is a huge pavilion. Across the pavilion, it's like they're waiting for dang Chris Stapleton tickets, right? <laughs> and so I walk up to the head of the line, and it's these two people, and they're they're selling donuts as fast as they can get them out of the case. And I put my card on their little table, and I go, you're busy now. I want to talk to you about being in downtown Shreveport. Because if people come are coming from miles away to get their donuts, and people would chase them to Benton, to Keechai, to Keithful, just to buy their donuts, and they would sell out every single time at their donut truck. Well, now they have a brick and mortar. And I could not be happier. They are young, dynamic, with it, excited. You know, just the kind of uh, young blood we we want to have in. Are they open twenty four hours? Or are they a specific time slot? They're for- open Tuesday through Saturday from seven in the morning till four in the afternoon. And you, I'm telling you, get there early because they sell. Well, out. you have to give their name. We haven't even said their Drip name yet. Donuts. Yeah. Drip donuts. Drip donuts. And the old D's photo. And the old D's now, photo. Now, real quick, in the last minute or so that we have. You you mentioned the Red River District. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what's going on there. Uh, Not a lot right now. Still many opportunities. Yes. yes. So we're talking to the mayor about some things. Again, the mayor very open That's to... That's such potential. I'm that whole area, you, the whole Shreve Square it's pretty, area. It's covered. Uh, fatty Arbuckles and now, Generals. The bridge above it has lights now. It's pretty. It's nice. You're right across from the casinos. You're going to be right adjacent to the new city sporting facility, which is the conversion of the Expo Hall mm-hmm. to an in- indoor sporting facility, which will bring people from all over the basketball, cheerleading, yeah, those all kinds of, of that. Volleyball. Volleyball. All yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's hopefully. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's an area for a stage for yeah, live entertainment. There's a, there's We've a been down there stage. for a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a great place. the The city's just got to make some decisions on what direction they want to go with that. Okay, Liz Swain, Downtown Development Authority. A uh, lot of exciting things happening. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay yeah. tuned to our website at downtownshreveport.com. We do an e blast every week on Thursday that kind of updates you on all that's going on. I think you read the e blast. I do. You even like some of my Facebook posts. Thank I do. You. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. That's what puts you over the I like edge. the parking. I know we got to go, but I like the parking app. I like that I can park yeah, anywhere park now, mobile. and it's a national parking app. It works when I go to Washington, D.C. or that's Chicago. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We okay, I've got to. I, I, I tried to download one one time, and I, and I couldn't get it to work. So I, We'll help you. Uh, park. Yeah. Part mobile, it works. Part mobile, okay, and 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 it works with the meters that we have in downtown Shreveport. It does. It does. You don't even need a meter when you have. You don't the need app. change anymore. No change. You can park anywhere in downtown without change. So all those quarters I have on my dash now, I, I just go back to. to I can use them for those. the payphone. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, right. you find a payphone, you use them. Yeah. If you're stuck in prison, you could use it for the payphone. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. May not be far off. Liz, thank you for coming in. You're so welcome. Love downtown. You know I love downtown. You too. Thank you. 101.7 FM.
1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty with Scott Hughes. Thanks to Liz for coming in from the Downtown Development She's Authority. She's a great guest. You, you made a, a, a comment while she was talking about uh, rerouting streets in downtown. And, and you, you said offhandedly, as a joke, I think, about traffic circles. <laughs> it, it, it would be a joke for this community. We've not had a lot of success with traffic circles here. But um, you do see traffic circles more and more. I mean, no, in, in Louisiana, they're most famously in Alexandria. If you drove through the oh, old yes. Alexandria, they have the big traffic circles. But um, traffic studies show that traffic circles are the best way to calm traffic and the best way to effectively move traffic through intersections. Um, now, as Louisiana drivers, I'm not sure we know how to do that. And, of course, well, if we, the, the joke because... we were making was the one that got put in, Louis, in, in Streetport was at the base of Gilbert, the base of Thrill Hill, and it didn't really work out real well. But in general, traffic circles are a good idea that one didn't last very long at, on Gilbert how it, long did it last I wonder I, I think about three or four months officially then they finally had to take it out but it was at a it, it really wasn't a true traffic circle they were trying to put no. kind of a roundabout to slow people down on a hill and that was probably not a good idea I think there's also one on in Highland uh, coming off line Avenue one of the streets I don't know which one but as you're coming down one of those streets they've got a circle in the middle of the intersection. Correct. And where you'll see a few of them now, and I think they're being effective, Bozier's actually using them. Bozier City has put a few traffic circles in, in and around the casino area, in and around old Bozier. They now have one or two traffic circles to help some of that traffic take place. And, and you, you say Louisiana drivers can't navigate them well. It's only because they're unfam. I think they're just unfamiliar with them. Once we you don't have familiar, them here. Once you become familiar with them and you understand how they work and who has to yield to who, it becomes a much more efficient system than red lights, especially when you have red lights that you're sitting at and you get angry because nobody's coming the other direction. You're like, shouldn't I be able to just go? Well, a traffic circle lets you, particularly in off hours of traffic, efficiently just keep moving. If you're going Grimmett and you head out on Old Mooring Sport Road in North Shreveport, uh, there's now a traffic circle at I think it's Ravendale and Old Mooringsport Road, and they, they've done a big because that intersection it's a three-way was horrible. Yes, yes. and uh, they had a yield, and nobody knew who to yield because actually the people crossing traffic had the right of way. It was very strange. And, and, and I drove um, over the Thanksgiving period. I took my daughter up to look at some colleges, and we saw traffic circles all up and down the East Coast. Highly effective. Scott Hughes in for Aaron McCarty, Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FMs. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty with Scott Hughes in for Aaron Rubin. Okay, during the break, what what brought up the Charlotte's Web? I missed. Uh, apparently, there was something in the news. Oh, the super pig. Yeah, the, 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 oh, okay. the, the, the feral okay. hogs pig, yeah. called That's super right. pigs. And we were wondering, wasn't that one of the things that Charlotte the spider? wrote about Wilbur the pig in the famous E.B. White children's story. Right. But it's not. Reuben it, looked uh, it up, and there's three words. Terrific, humble, and some pig. Some pig. That's some pig. That's some pig. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. Because it got me. And then you, started, you were talking about old books. 
and it got me thinking for some reason about the Hardy Boys series because oh, yeah. I read Charlotte's Web as as a as a as a you know a child and uh, the Hardy I used to read a lot Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Hardy Boys I didn't read Nancy Drew but I read Hardy Boys uh, and I had a set of the I mean this this had to have been an original first set because they were they debuted in like 1927. And these were from the 20s or 30s. They were just brown covers, and they were all... And they, they, they'd been in your family a few years. You're my, not quite my mom, that old. No, I hadn't been. <laughs> yes, I, I, was a, I was a boy uh, when I read them. And so, but it, and then the TV show came out, okay, with Parker Stevenson, and I know you can guess the other guy, Sean Cassidy. Remember, I didn't grow up in this country. <laughs> Oh, that's right. I was in Europe for many of mine. Okay, well, years. Sean Cassidy became a pop idol yeah. back in the uh, 70s, early 70s, mid-70s. And my sister, uh, if I heard that 45 to do run run, one time I heard it a thousand times. Our bedrooms were adjoining, so we shared a wall. Well, then she started reading all the books. And I take impeccable care of my books. And she would be, they, they got torn up. Dog she, ear. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> so this original set of Hardy Boys books. Hardbacks. These were probably hardbacks. They were hardbacks. Yeah. They were all, it was. Or as we used to call them, books. <laughs> uh, I'm on it. I'm yeah. On it. yeah. <laughs> books. <laughs> I, I, I wished I knew what happened to those, and in, in, I had those today. Well, I'm on eBay right now. Complete set, all 40 Hardy Boy mystery stories, hardcover with dust jackets, 750 bucks. That's Mike's sister selling Damn those, it, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's got them. <laughs> hey, during the break, you also talked about um, this recall for New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell. And and I've heard stories. There have been recall efforts before various politicians. And, and I remember one of the commentators saying it's actually very difficult, if not near impossible, for for a politician to actually be recalled. It's really hard to recall an elected official for two reasons. Number one, I think, in fairness, you really want the recall standard to be hard. You just don't want someone to get recalled every day. Okay. Um, and number two, the recall rules are written by the people in office. So, of course, <laughs> they're going to make them a little harder. Right. But um, Latoya Cantrell, the mayor of New Orleans, she's had a very cantankerous relationship ever since she's gotten elected. Um, even some of her own supporters sometimes go, ooh, I wish she would have done that. Um, and so this recall effort's been ongoing. And um, recall efforts, they, they always have a clock running. From the time you file the paperwork, you have so many months to get so many signatures. And those signatures have to be a certain percentage of the electorate, the people who are eligible to vote. Okay. And so that's always hard because a lot of people don't want to put their name and sign it. And then, and then the second thing is you start going around town getting signatures. A lot of them aren't actually voters. They aren't actually people that are on the register. They just signed the petition. So if you have to get... 50,000 signatures, you better get 55,000 signatures to make sure you're correct. And so, so they have to be registered voters in the district for, uh, for in okay. this case, the city. I mean, I understand, like, I couldn't sign a petition to recall the New Orleans mayor. Correct. But if you're sure. standing in New Orleans, many people are just tourists. Many people live in Metairie, but they'll sign, they, you know, uh, and so yeah. a lot of people move, people, they, they, things happen. And so this group has been working for, about, I think, about six months, and I think they're close to the number of signatures. So that petition, I think, was turned in yesterday or today, will be turned in. And that, that always gets checked by the um, by the officials to make sure all the signatures are correct. But the second 
second thing is I think the group is challenging the voter rolls. They're saying that we don't need to get, I think 50 might be their number, we don't have to get 50,000, we should only have to get 49 because you have all these dead people and people that shouldn't be on the voter rolls to begin with. So they filed, my understanding is, a legal suit to challenge that. And so they're going to hear both of these legal suits. And my gut is, I don't think they're going to get their recall election. I don't think they're going to meet the standard. They may end up winning that lawsuit, but I think the courts will ultimately say this was the voter roll today when you turned it in. Therefore, mm-hmm. you fail. Now, you may be right, and we'll purge the voter rolls for October, but that's not going to help them today. And, and how much time does she have left on her term? Do you know off the um, top of your head? I, I think she's probably in the middle of her term. I, think she, I actually think she just got reelected a that's year or two ago. Thinking, yeah. So that's really when the recall came up. I think they tried to beat her at the ballot box, and they couldn't in COVID. So now they're trying to recall her. So we'll she, she's out. a controversial. There's video going around this week. Apparently she went to Mardi Gras. She was at the crew of Tux, I think it is, Tufts, um, which is sort of a parody p- parade that takes place. And they make fun of officials. And one of the floats made fun of her. And she saluted them yep. in the old traditional um, you're number one salute. Do you remember years ago, Monday Night Football? Uh, Howard Cosell and Dandy Don Meredith. And Turn out the lights. This party's over. There was a there was a a, a, a shot of a, a guy sitting in the stands, and he was there was no place nobody else near him, and the camera focused on this one guy, and he saw the camera, and he gave the old one finger salute directly to the camera, and this is you know this was live TV on Monday Probably Night didn't Football. Didn't have a delay back in and those they days. didn't yeah. <laughs> And of course, the camera just immediately goes way, you know, goes up, and and uh, Howard Cosell. Well, you can see the frustration from the fans. The fans Don, think we're number one. And Don Meredith goes, "Oh, Howard, he's just telling us they're number one." <laughs> Don was awesome. They were great. They were great. <laughs> anyway, yes, but she she gave the old single finger salute to uh to the those in the parade back in you those, just don't do that no you should, as an elected it, official you, you show a little bit under, of under a decorum now, elected officials should never do that but someone that's under a recall petition you know you're under a microscope and um just not a good image for the toya Cantrell. but but it just goes into quite frankly i don't like to pick on people a whole lot but um it just goes into a montage of not good images for the toya Cantrell. what and, and and real quick we've got to take a break what's the basis of this recall we know a lot of we know a, a list of things that she's done is there just an overall I think or is there a specific incident that they're going she needs to go it, it, there's some big incidents and there's deals with her travel there's deals with this right. allegedly she i think she they have they're alleging she has having an affair with her security detail right but in the end it's kind of the in death a city-owned of, it's, apartment it's the death of a thousand cuts a city-owned apartment it's not any one thing it's just okay. a number of things that have stacked up and they've said for our city to move forward we might need a new mayor okay Scott Hughes in for Aaron, Mike and McCarty, 1017 F. Seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, Aaron out. She's, now she does have a doctor's appointment today. She's been out two weeks. Ruben, can you believe that? Quite a while. <laughs> She's. It, 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 it seems like 
two months. It really does. Um, and I hope she. I know she's feeling a lot better, uh, moving around, and uh, hopefully she'll get. She her appointment today is to uh, hopefully be released. The doctor will let her go back to work. Really hoping that goes well. I want my old alarm clock time back. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. You get here before I do now. Yep. And I want to hear. I bet she's going to come in on fire. To, assuming she's here tomorrow. I bet she's going to be on fire. You want to listen to that? Uh, she's she's ready to get back. I talked to her, and she and uh, one thing she said was she's never not been here the day after you know, the Monday after the Super Bowl, or now the Monday after the Monday after the Super so, Bowl. So so we're gonna we're probably gonna go back to the Super Bowl in here. She's gonna have thoughts. <laughs> she's got. I hope she's been making notes. But uh, Scott Hughes, uh, thank you so much. You spent a lot of time in here with us. Uh, Louis R. Avalone. Get Louis in a couple days. Uh, came in, and uh, of course, Lewis with American Ground Radio, uh, along with his co-host, Stephen Parr. And they had uh, uh, Terry Netterville on last night. Um, I, I heard a little bit of their show uh, since they lost one of the... Uh, Denise um, yeah. has, has done their show for a long time, well-known in the radio market here. Very tragic. Um, fought a battle with cancer, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah. So anyway, uh, Scott, thank you for coming in. Always appreciate your time. Yeah, always always enjoy having you in. Uh, Liz Swain joined us earlier this morning, and uh, a lot of things happening in downtown Shreveport. I, I, I love stories like this, the drip donuts. First of all, I love buildings being occupied in downtown. The old Par Excellence photo, D's photo. Um, I'm sorry, Par Excellence down Uri Drive. The old D's photo. I was photo, like, well, it was different. You know, the old yeah. D's photo right yeah. there in the corner of Market in Texas Street um, has been vacant for a long time. They apparently took that building over, renovated it, another building saved. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, a building saved that serves donuts. <laughs> Do they have a sugar-free uh, sugar-free version? She didn't say that any of them had sugar, so I'm going to assume they're all sugar-free. I did try the uh, the the sugar-free, low-carb king cake. Um, you took some of that to Aaron. That was your. That I, was I mean, your get well see, gift I haven't to heard Aaron. back. It wasn't a get well, but we <laughs> talked about it before about trying them. And uh, I'm anxious to see what she thought about it. We, oh, I'm sure she has thoughts. <laughs> so we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, but downtown alive. She was talking about they have the first Wednesdays now for the the art the art tours and the different things. There's new venues downtown. Art walk. Art yeah. walk. That's the term. Art and, walk. And the cool thing about art walk, um, even if you're not a huge okay, say art fan, although I think you would enjoy it if you go and do it. But one of the things is you get to go into buildings that you might not normally ever walk into. And and you I love the architecture, you know, like I was saying of the the older rich some of these old buildings. Um it's really cool to go inside and and see what what a lot of these buildings are like inside. A lot of cultural history. Again, Shreveport has a tremendous um, art community. Um, you're in the theater community. We've got a lot of things going on. Some interesting plays coming up. I saw. I think I saw where my church is doing Jesus Christ Superstar coming uh, up. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, pretty soon. At, the, at uh, First United Methodist Church. Methodist church. At the they're headed, they're headed Texas Street. Um, but then there's also some, several other productions going on right now in the community. We're, we're very blessed. A lot of a healthy arts community. Uh, again, I've said before, and I'll say it. I, I would put our symphony against any symphony. Uh, they just do a fantastic job. We have an opera, a Shreveport Opera. I actually got to do a show with them. I didn't sing. I was, I was say, a narrator. I haven't heard you sing before. 
<laughs> no, they said, uh, we want you to narrate and, and we're going to put you off stage while you do it. So, but it was fun to be a part of that. You look Beauty like a guy that could sing Italian baritone or something. <laughs> uh, we'll try it here. One, two, three. <laughs> Ruben, I love this. What's the story on this? It's a group called Power Solo. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's, there's I think no like Norway. real lyrics. The crazy no. music video, if you've ever seen it. Uh, yeah, Ruben <laughs> said it to me. I'd never seen it, and 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 you said what? Robert came across it one time and said we've got to use. Well, this. no, I yeah, I I posted it to my page because I thought it was funny. And, uh, yeah, and he <laughs> saw it, Robert saw it, and, and he, you know, was raving about it. And then the, I think the next day it was, it was in rotation. You know, the comedians say <laughs> once that lines in the show, it never comes out. Yeah. Yeah. They're well, uh, it's power solo from Denmark. They're on crunchy frog records. So there you go. Crunchy frog. <laughs> I don't even want to know the origin of that name. Uh, Scott Hughes in studio with us. Aaron, uh, she is out hopefully until tomorrow. Hopefully yes. she'll be back tomorrow. I'm rooting for her. My my meaning of that. Not that I haven't enjoyed having you in. I appreciate enjoyed, you, be, I've appreciate enjoyed you being, being here, but I also enjoy listening to Aaron every morning. <laughs> as, I, as I've told you before. I, There's I'm a lot of, of people. I'm one of your app listeners. Wherever I am, y'all are my connection to Shreveport That's nice. Thank you. And uh, by the way, you can download that app. Uh, it's absolutely free, courtesy of Office Furniture Source. Take us with you wherever you go. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty, Aaron out, uh, hopefully for the final day. Uh, she'll have a doctor's appointment this afternoon or sometime today and. Hopefully he'll release her. I wonder if she's going to tell him that she's been going to the to the Y and yeah. to the movies <laughs> and doing stuff. She had shoulder surgery, and uh, hopefully she will be back tomorrow. Scott Hughes in studio uh, with me today. And uh, in studio also is Liz Swain, the uh, Downtown Development Authority Director, Grand Poobah. <laughs> What the head the the head cheese cheese <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of cheese <laughs> I'll just tell you right now <laughs> we uh, lots going on spring just around the corner not officially oh, spring yet feels Don't, like it it feels like summer almost yeah it does um, but uh, tell us what's going on in downtown Shreveport uh, how many hours do you have although I do hate to break into the whole feral hog discussion you know Liz, Liz, I'm we've so been doing sorry. feral hogs and cell phones we have all morning you're you're a breath of fresh air and always have been for the market well, we've got patty in the plaza that. coming up oh well st patrick's from, day we got a, yes. a tremendous number of events uh downtown art walk is going to start again in april that's one of our favorite yeah. events My and wife, we're moving we it that. by the way it's going to be first wednesdays from five until eight by popular demand and we're starting it it'll be a monthly thing again you know we tried um i think four times last year and people said we we can't remember it if it's you know odd months and so we're doing it every month starting in april but let's talk about one-way streets in downtown shreveport shall we there's a few of those aren't there there are a bunch of them when you think about the streets you come in on obviously the state roads are spring and market and they're one way mm -hmm. um 
But when North you go south. into downtown Shreveport, there are a variety of one-way streets. As a matter of fact, Texas is two-way, and there aren't a whole lot of other streets downtown that are two-way streets. And it confuses the blazes out of people, especially those who don't come downtown very often. They, People have told me they avoid downtown because they're scared of the one-way streets. When you're sitting on the corner at Rhino Coffee, you will actually see people going the wrong way down Louisiana. When you sit uh, on Marshall Street, you'll see people going the wrong way on Marshall Street. If you recall, our last mayor actually um, was caught at one point going the wrong way down Crockett Street. It's really easy to do. It's, it's, it's very easy confusing, to do. especially at some. And there are some streets, if I remember, there's one or two where it's actually a two-way street. That turns into a one-way street. That turns into a one-way street. <laughs> it's the intersection. It which, sounds which like... Which makes it more fun. It, which, sounds it does. like this is something you want to do something about. You, bingo, bingo. Well, we've been talking off and on about this for a number of years. I remember first bringing it up when Brian Crawford was the CAO um, under Ollie Tyler, and maybe even before that. Um, what if we made downtown easier to get around? Isn't now, that a are concept? There, uh, like the cross streets, Marshall and, and Travis, that are one way, are, are there two lanes? I mean, because I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking yes. about them. Most of the one-way streets are two lanes. There are that's two part lanes. Of, that's part of the confusion. If you're not aware yeah. that it's a, a one-way yeah. street, you yeah. think I yeah. can turn left and go the other way. So way back in the day, they were two-way streets and then and they had streetcars at one point right yeah. and then they became one-way streets and so so what was the point of making them one-way streets that's a really good question and i don't know why that was it may have had something to do with the streetcars because you know they traveled down the center of the street they were pretty wide and so it's possible that they needed to make those one-way streets because of the the trolleys and the street cars. i think it was part of getting everyone out of downtown let's just make all the roads leave downtown one way and everybody moves to suburbs but mm -hmm. well, this I, is as, as we as we bring people back, and mm -hmm. I think you're talking about a traffic calming. You're talking about a yeah. different pattern that makes downtown more friendly. Is that it right? makes it friendlier to drivers? It also helps businesses. Let's talk sure. about a business you're trying to get to that's on a one way street, and to get to that business, you have to go four Three blocks right, to a left. right <laughs> out of your way to get to it. To so get people back will give exactly. up. You know, if if you if you don't make it easy to get somewhere, if you don't make it easy to park around that place, if you're having to hunt and peck and, you know, figure out the streets and then you're already a little bit intimidated by the whole thing, you're going to avoid it. And that's not what we want. So we're talking to the administration right now about the possibility of making some changes. This would come over time. There's going to have to be a big educational campaign, right? Because everybody's, everybody who is familiar with the streets knows them now. So we're going to have to reintroduce all of this, talk to people, find out the pros and cons. But there uh, yeah, but it would be a much, lot more pros than cons. It would be a much easier transition to go from one ways to two ways because people are already driving the wrong way. street, going <laughs> the, wrong the wrong way. way. <laughs> so it seems like that would it, it wouldn't take long to make that transition. But yeah, the, the two lanes. You have to be very careful because people yeah. are used to being in both lanes. And that's right. The, the equivalent I get for years. I used to take my daughter out to a daycare in the, the, the south part of town, and I still remember when they put the stoplight up, the stop sign up on Southern Loop. We had been going through that intersection people are just blasting stopping through for it. years oh, and boom. now there's a stop sign I, <laughs> I know. there's a few yeah. of those around town but yes it would yeah. definitely take some um but but again it should be a quick learning curve we we are hopeful and you know we're talking about that now no timeline for anything like this but it's something that's on the table and i'm just so proud that we, you know we've got this new administration and to their credit 
Um, just because things have always been done a certain way has not locked them at, into continuing to do a thing that way. What would the process be for that list? Would that, actually, would that, that be a city council decision? Question. Is that a traffic study? What would they have to do? That's a very good question. Um, I had approached this with the former traffic engineer and, you know, had talked to him about it. And I think that it's just a matter of the city making the decision, publicizing the decision. I think it's an internal decision that would be made. I don't think right now they have to talk to the city council or get approval for, you know, changing um, a street orientation or something like that. But but we will get all those questions answered, obviously. It's just a conversation right now. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Scott, I know. Scott oh, sorry, Hughes. <laughs> Scott's in in the studio, and uh, I know you're not in here all the time, but I think I need to reiterate the rule that dancing is forbidden in the studio. <laughs> it's footloose. I, I, I do that too, and, and, and I, I, was, I get admonished. You told me the cameras are off. There's no yeah. cameras anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, but still, for me. <laughs> but that bumper music was so good, Ruben. It's so dancing. It's hump day, and I was just. Enjoying Enjoying myself because it's Wednesday. We've oh, made it halfway. Thank goodness. I have a quiz for you. You want to close with a quiz? Okay. Oh, I, I, well, are you going to make me look stupid? This I don't day, need help this day in, that in history, area. you lived history. So, this day in history, what happened 42 years ago today? Referred to by Sports Illustrated Pearl as Harbor got the greatest moment in sports history. Sports history. Sports history. 42 years ago today, February 22nd, 1980. Okay. It's kind of late for Super Bowl. That's correct. Super Bowls were earlier when we were younger. They were right. always January. Right. Okay. Referred I, to as the Miracle on Ice. Oh, Miracle on Ice. We beat Russia in hockey Today, in the Olympics. We beat, we beat Russia. Mother Russia team, the ice I hockey team. I do remember that. They went down 4 to 3. It was our it was our college kids. It was amateur kids in the US Olympics at Lake Placid. It's considered the greatest sports upset of all time because the Russian team was professionals. They were army. They they were unbeatable, mm -hmm. big red, and we beat them. Now, th that brings up another another argument. And and you said but you said earlier also that wasn't even the gold medal game. The, the trick is we, we, we were so we were so happy to beat the Russians. Most folks really forget that was not the gold medal game. That was the, the semifinals. We go on, I believe, and beat Yugoslavia or Czechoslovakia in the in the finals. And so we did win the gold medal. The eighty Lake Placid team did win it. But that moment in sports when we beat that professional, unbeatable Russian hockey team with a bunch of college kids, it was the greatest moment in sports. I, I do remember that. I get goosebumps thinking about that. So that brings up another another that we don't really have time to get into. But the Olympics traditionally for years have been amateur athletes in the United States. When we were growing up, they were always amateurs. You in couldn't the United be a pro. States. Yes. Exactly. You couldn't be a pro. And yet, we, like you just mentioned, all the other countries, some of them, that's all they did. They were they were raised to be gymnasts or well, and technically that hockey team. They were technically amateurs by the international rules, but they were all Russian soldiers, and so they were paid to play. There wasn't a there wasn't the in that point internationals didn't come to the NHL. They really weren't professionals. They were really a professional hockey team, and they they were army officers. Mm -hmm. So 
how do you feel about professionals competing in the Olympics for us today? Um, personally, I, I'm fine with it. I think the goal of the Olympics to. is to be yeah. the best of the best. And if you're going to be the best of the best, let the people play. You're going to get those moments like our basketball team for a few years that beat everybody by 80 points, <laughs> but the rest of the world catches up. And now the Olympics are the best of the best, and I think that's the way it should be. I do, too. Scott Hughes, thank you so much. Thank it's been you. fun, Mike. I've enjoyed it. I, thank you. I'm not worthy. 101.7 FM.